podcastjuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prince Podcast. Uh, man, this is the first episode um, after the passing of Prince. So we're still like trying to, you know, just get back in the groove of things. Um, it can be tough. I know I've been talking to a lot of people and man, I just saw the D'Angelo performance last night and God, it starts it all over, man. It's such a beautiful performance. Um, but today we, uh, we got another special show, um, you know, to kind of get us through the situations. Before I tell you who I have on the show, uh, I am joined today by Big Sexy and Psych, Sack. <laughs> See, I'm all over this. Sir, how you doing today? <laughs> oh, man, I'm doing all right. Still a little uh, shell-shocked, for lack of a better phrase, but, yeah. you know, things are starting to get a little better. All right. And today we have a person, uh, I have talked about him before, many, many years ago on this show. Uh, I got to meet uh, this gentleman here in the flesh uh, in Vegas a long time ago, Um but he's someone that uh, a lot of longtime Internet Prince fans will recognize the name. And some of you probably know him and things. And I've been waiting for an opportunity to, to talk to him and to really kind of get into things. So today we are joined by Mr. Sam Jennings. And a lot of you will know that Sam is the individual uh, who was handling the Internet, all the websites for Prince, the MPG Music Club, all that great stuff. So we're going to get all into that. But before we do that, Sam, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. How are Absolutely. you feeling, you know, with everything that's been going on the last couple of days? Uh, yeah, you know, kind of like what you're saying, still kind of shell-shocked, still not quite believing it's true. I know for several days afterwards, I just kept expecting Prince to pop up in a press conference somewhere, just be like, nope, that wasn't true. <laughs> right. Um, just because he just had that vibe of like he was going to be around forever. So I think when, uh, when that didn't turn out to be the case, everyone was just completely floored, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, still, still weighs heavy. But, um, man, I wanted to, to get into, you know, talking about the websites and, and the Internet presence mm -hmm. that Prince had during your time with him. But before we get into that, Going way back, and you have to remind me of the years, of what year this was, because I get a little foggy <laughs> when mm -hmm. I think about yeah. the actual times. But I originally saw you or saw your presence or what you were doing. And correct me if I do the wrong name, but it was like the Prince Chicago Nation. It was like you guys would have these parties in Chicago. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Man, that was you? That was me. All right. That was a uh, Chicago Prince Nation. There you go. There you go, man. I always remember. The first thing I always remember is that the uh, the website at that time, the graphics was always on point. It was like, <laughs> okay, who's ever doing this? <laughs> like he's really got the aesthetic. You know, he got the eye for for the design because it was just immaculate. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I'm not even trying to hype you up. I was serious. But talk to me. So, what was the what was the Prince Chicago Nation, man? Yeah, well, basically, you know, I got online like most people in the mid-90s, and, you know, I was a big Prince fan, so one of the first things I did was try and find the other Prince fans, you know, I'm like, I'm online, like, there's got to be others out there, because, you know, we can remember back what it was like to be a Prince fan before the internet, and it was always just kind of like, 
you might see somebody in a record store or something, you know, that mm -hmm. secret handshake or something. It was kind of an underground thing. So, you know, that was a great thing about the internet is that you really found your community uh, worldwide of Prince fans that you could talk to and you, yeah. you had that shared language and that shared love of the music um, that you probably didn't find in your immediate surroundings all the time. So, you know, I, I reached out to people and I'm like, hey, I'm in Chicago too. And, you know, mm -hmm. why, don't, why don't we all get together? I was living in a loft at the time. I'm like, why don't you guys, everybody come over here? And we just started doing these parties every once in a while. Nice. Just bringing together, bringing people together. You know, have you heard this? Or did you did you know? Have you heard about the gold experience? Yeah, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, just sharing stories and and yeah, building up that community. Yeah, I, I remember getting online the first time I got online and I searched for some prints and I found people. I was on CompuServe. Yeah, so I can tell you how, <laughs> how far back I was. I was right. like, and I, but I was like, whoa! And then you know, sort of when the web sort of to take off. Uh, you know, hammer uh, chat room yep. was, was yep. a big thing. Your site, you know, I was kind of trying to do some stuff back then, and it was just like okay. And you started seeing sort of the places you were supposed to go, and, and you know, again, I'm trying to remember back. It almost seemed like okay, we would go to this site for a while, and it would mm -hmm. always be revolving around a chat room, and then something would happen with that, and everyone would go to this site, or you know, AOL was around too, right? Yeah, sometimes people will get uh, burnt out and quit, and you have to go switch to a different site. <laughs> yes, that's um, crazy. You know, get fed up, like, I'm not going to be his fan anymore, and just shut it down. And wow. I remember stuff like that. But, it, yeah, it was very, it was very like, uh, do it yourself. You know, there mm -hmm. weren't – it was before the days of big official sites. So you really – you know, everyone had to build the things themselves. And I was, I was just uh, finishing college around then, and I, I had learned – web design in school and I was okay. starting to do it professionally. So, you know, applying it to building sites for Chicago fans was definitely one of my first things that I started to do. You you did a site, uh, and shout out to her, uh, Gigi. Did you mm -hmm. not, you did a page for her or something. I remember this, didn't you? You know, it's possible. <laughs> you know, I remember. Okay. I remember, <laughs> I remember meeting Gigi. Yeah. Like ages ago, maybe 20 years ago out in California. Yes. And, uh, you know, she was kind of in that first wave of, Prince fans that I met, you know, there's a few of them still out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's entirely possible I did something for her. All right, yeah, shout out to her, San Jose. Yep. Um, okay, so, and I get real fuzzy with this, and and I wish, I I, I shame myself as a fan because I remember uh, there was an email, and it was apparently from Prince, and it was about. Uh, you know, he was sort of name checking a few people and it was like, hey, I'm going to I want to do this web thing. Or it was like, I'm going to have a, a chat, it was like an Internet chat. Mm -hmm. You know, you're invited, you know, come and right. do this whole thing. Now, I remember going to this. I, I, I for the life of me, I don't know what happened with that email because, <laughs> again, it was so long ago on so many different computers ago and so many different services ago. Mm -hmm. um, but I know you were I, either on that or a part of that. I know you were a part of that. That initial sort of gathering of people. Mm -hmm. What do you What do you remember from that? Yeah, you know, it's a little it's a little fuzzy to me too because we're probably talking about eighteen years ago at this point, wow. like probably nineteen ninety eight. Um, but you know, I remember uh, Prince. His first website was thedawn.com. dot com. Mm -hmm. I think we probably remember that, and it didn't go very far. I it had some potential, but never really, never really much happened with it. And then he. 
he started talking about how he wanted to to build a site just with fans and about spirituality and stuff like that. So I think there were a couple attempts that didn't work out and then he was going to try again. And yeah, this time, instead of just sort of opening it up to everybody, he just sort of selected a few people or the people he was working with selected a few people. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I was definitely a part of that. And the internet chats were the way it all went down. So we, um, we would gather on AOL and just go into these rooms and have these hour-long chats about spirituality and the web and what the site could be about. And, right. um, you know, it was all sort of volunteer. I'll, I'll just, if you want to do this, cool. Now, was uh, this, the, the, did Love for One Another spawn out of that, or was that one that you were a part of? Before? No, that was Love for One Another. Okay, so that was the whole was. thing. It was going to be for his charity. Okay. So that was kind of why the it was going to center on spirituality. It wasn't necessarily music-related. Mm-hmm. It was going to have his some of that stuff there, but it was really sort of it was really centered around the the charity and spirituality. Got it. Okay. Okay. I kind of remember some of this now. So I want to fast forward a little bit now. At a certain point, uh, and as you said, you know, he started to reach out directly to people. When did you sort of get the call, like Sam? Uh, <laughs> you know, I want to do something. <laughs> right. Well. I remember that among the group of people that came together, there weren't a whole lot of web professionals. So, I mean, people who were doing this Mm -hmm. as their job. So a lot of the tasks for building the site uh, wound up falling on me. And there were some, there were some people over in Europe too, who did a lot of work, but I think because they were over in Europe and I was here and I was in Chicago, so I was pretty close by. um, I think I got tasked to do a lot more of the actual site work than other people. So as time went by, um, you know, it was kind of a thing of like, well, we want to do more projects. We want to do more sites. Who, who's going to be the one to do it? And like, well, why don't we ask him if he wants to do it? And so that's how I got involved with 1-800-NewFunk.com and okay. MPGOnlineLTD.com. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So let me, let me say this. When, so when you, you're getting ready, in, uh, the first one was one 800 uh, new funk was that the first one right so that right. that kind of went on at the same time as love for another when so so for you as a you know a long time fan uh you're, you're a web professional and how many years had you been doing websites at this point is this like your first major client or were you um not that long no i, wor- I worked for a company in chicago called click commerce so okay. I, uh and before that i was working with some other people on web design so i'd probably been doing it about four or five years at that point. All right. And just for my tech guys out there, my coders, what, what were you using at that particular time to, to code? Were you doing it raw, like HTML? Or did we use, I don't know how many other platforms were out at that time. Oh, yeah, there wasn't a much. Uh, <laughs> no, it was it was raw HTML. So okay. it, was, it was old school, like type and code. Nice, nice. And, All right. Um, wow. Yeah, real bare bones kind of stuff. All right. Um, so... You you get the call. When was the first time you uh, were invited to come to Paisley Park, and, and what was that like? Yeah, so you know, I had a lot of interaction with um, you know the people that worked there, and a lot of internet chats and things like that. I mean, that was really the main way that we all communicated. Okay. So. There wasn't really like phone interaction or in-person interaction going on. Um, 
So I would say it was a really sort of slow, gradual process to kind of get to a point where they were like, okay, why don't you come up to Paisley Park? Because at the time, um, Steve Park was still around. So he was he was still okay. handling all the creative stuff. He okay. was still handling like all the albums, you know, like Rave, Under the Joy Fantastic, and all mm-hmm. those things, and Rainbow Children. He was still doing all that work. But, you know, he lived in Baltimore. So a situation would come up once in a while where they're like, you know, Steve can't be here. And, we, and Prince wants to work, you know. He, mm-hmm. he obviously wants to work a lot. So who else can we call to come up here and and help out? And again, it was like, well, what about this guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, he seems to have some skills. Why don't, we, why don't we give him a try? And so I don't remember exactly when the first, what the actual date was the first time I came to Paisley Park. But I do remember thinking, like, um, this is crazy. Like they, they're calling me, they're giving me a plane ticket. I'm going up to Paisley park to work with Prince. Uh, okay. <laughs> Cause you know, like I said, at that point it had all been through computers. It had all been through other people, mm-hmm. you know, even though I was working on his website, we didn't have a lot of personal interaction at all. So this was going to be the, like the first time that I was going to actually be in that world, you know? Wow. What, so what was that? I mean, what was that feeling? Listen, I, I just recently, uh, it was a January for the first time, went went there. And, of course, I'm going there with everybody else and seeing the shows. But you coming in there and you coming in there to, to work and, and a different thing. But what did that feel like to actually go in there and to, I don't know if you met him at that particular time. Um, can you describe any of that? Yeah, sure. So... I you know I'd been to Paisley Park before for concerts and stuff like that and okay. and seen the inside and um I was familiar with it but like to go there invited and there's no one else there except for a couple people and to get introduced around you know I was just trying to play it cool you know I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm just trying to play it like oh yeah very nice okay right, yeah okay right. I, see what, I see what you're talking about right okay but inside you know of course. Like I said, I'm a big fan, so you know I'm very excited. I'm, you know, I think um, I think anybody who does things creatively and and whether it's visual or musically, and you're a big Prince fan, I think you you always want to contribute in some way. You always kind of want to give back in some way. So the idea of being able to contribute what I do to his thing was really exciting to me. And I honestly didn't know if this was going to be the only time I was ever going to be there. Or if this was going to lead to something else, I was just kind of trying to take it just for what it was. Like, you know, I'm here now. This is cool. If I never come back, that's fine. But I'm just going to enjoy it, try and get done what they need done, and uh, we'll see what happens. So so that initial website, 1-800-NEW-FUNK, uh, what, what was that site entailing? What was it about? Um, well, that was his retail site. So he had already started the the process with Crystal Ball and all that of, of – Handling his re- his retail operation internally, so there was there were just tons of there was just tons of merch in, in Paisley Park that he had people send out, and so the retail one eight hundred new funk, you know, it started as a phone, an actual phone number, an actual one eight hundred new funk mm-hmm. phone number, but then it transitioned to a website where he was just selling all his retail directly, like T shirts, hats, um, CDs, no downloads. This was before downloads, okay. but. Uh, all the merch was there for people to buy. How, I mean, it sounds like a huge undertaking. I mean, this is, what year was this? This was 2000 or before? Like 99. 99. So no. we're talking 99, 
you know, very early e-commerce mm-hmm. uh, sort of situation. I mean, what were some of the challenges in terms of, you know, trying to create a site like that to, you know, I guess you have to integrate with, uh, you know, your shipping costs or the different products and different things? Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, this was a time for Prince. You know, I, th- I think the I think the hardcore fans know, but I don't think the public necessarily knew. This is a time where, with Prince where he had a really bare-bones operation going on behind the scenes. Like, this wasn't the time of the 50 employees and the, and the five assistants and all that kind of thing. Okay. You know, you, you'd go to Paisley Park and there, there would be very few people there. So mm. a lot of the challenges kind of centered around that. Like, he would task people to do a lot of work themselves, uh, take on what would probably take a staff to do just kind of on their own. So you got to do, a, you know, box up the stuff and take yeah, this exactly. to the shipping like, place. Somebody in Switzerland wants a t-shirt now, like <laughs> get a handle. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think a lot of the challenges around that time were just, you know, how can we do this with as few people as possible and as, a, as cheaply as possible too. I got you. He, he didn't have those million dollar contracts going on. There were there was there weren't huge budgets to play with. Hmm. Um, I swear, one time I called one eight hundred New Funk. And this is when it was a phone number. I could have sworn that was my tape. I picked up the phone, like just taking <laughs> orders. It just sounds sound like I was like, I know yeah. he ain't got. I, I don't know if I got orders. that bare bones. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, he did have that. He did have a retail store for a while in. That's uh, true, right? In Minneapolis, so I think, I think that's when things were a little better. When that, well, that's when the phone number first started. It's when you had that retail store. But okay. yeah, like I said, when I came around towards the end of the nineties, two thousand, it was it was really bare bones. So um, I want to sort of make our way to the MPG Music Club, and when you guys really, what was it like to sort of come up with this idea of like, okay, we want to start doing the digital downloads? Um, you're at this point, essentially creating a membership site. Right. Sort of situation. Um, was there a lot of discussion in terms of like how to come up with, you know, what what do you know, what, what are we going to offer mm-hmm. the people and the pricing? Like what, what was that sort of discussions like? Yeah, well, you know, um, I think all along he'd been looking for some way to get his music directly to the fans without any middlemen. You know, I, I, I put out that article today in the Washington Post talking about a lot of the details on how this, the music club came about. And, you know, I reference that movie, the beautiful experience. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nona Gay. Yeah. So, you know, in that movie, Nona Gay, she's just sitting at her computer. She's, she presses comes charge 1999. She gets these songs blasted on her, on her monitor. You know, I saw that. And as a fan, I'm like, I want that now. Like sign (laughs) me up for that. And this was 1994, so it was going to be a while. But you know, I think when we were talking about it, like we already had a we already had a, a vision for what he wanted. We already had a we already had an idea of the idea of what he had in his mind. So the challenge then was like, how can we make that a reality? And so, you know, I looked a lot of, at a lot of what other artists were doing at that time, and there mm-hmm. weren't that many doing anything, and certainly none at the level of Prince. But um, you know, you got to remember Napster too was the big thing at the time. Okay. So everyone was talking about downloads and illegal downloads and how MP3s were destroying the music industry mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. And you know, Prince kind of 
he had an interesting perspective on that. I don't know if you remember, but he he gave the single "The Work" to Napster and said, "Go ahead, that. download that." Yeah. Um, you know, I think you know I, I can't speak for him exactly what he thought about Napster, but you know I think part of him was like, "Oh, downloads are going to destroy the music industry." Well, maybe that's a good thing. You know, yeah, maybe maybe this music industry needs something to take it down. Because hmm. obviously he was a big advocate for artist rights and getting paid getting paid fairly and all those things mm-hmm. for years. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of discussion, like what are we going to do? How, how are we going to avoid piracy? Because we didn't want to just put up music and then have it immediately go out to places that people were going to f- download it illegally. So yeah, we had, a, we had a couple ideas. It took a while, you know, it took a while to finally present something. But, um, you know, with the first thing we landed on was a subscription model because we thought, well, instead of just putting up songs one by one, why don't we get people to subscribe and mm-hmm. we will we'll, we'll give them downloads every month at a music show. But they got to sign up. You know, they got to subscribe. They got to become a member. So once you're a member, then you get all the access you want. But you got to you got to join the team. You got to become part of the family here. I have a question for you because I always wondered, and I don't know, this may be true for a lot of these sort of member type of sites, but was it every ever issue or discussion of uh, was bandwidth ever a problem? Like, what if so many people sign up for the, I don't know, whatever the top tier was, but, right. you know, they keep getting more than what they paid for or something? Does that sort of weigh into? Uh, oh, yeah. That was, that was always an issue in those early days. Um, you know, because, yeah, because like you're saying, like, that, you know, this is before broadband, this is before, mm-hmm. like, you know, people are still up on dial-up. So, you know, bandwidth was an issue for everybody, for all the websites. And, um, you know, Prince would do things like, okay, we're going to tell everybody we're going to launch on this day at 7 p.m. <laughs> and I'm like, man, don't say that. Because <laughs> you know what's going to happen, like, 10,000 people are going to show up at 7 p.m. Right. And expect this thing to work and let's cross our fingers. But, you know, it's the Internet in 2001, 2002. Like, it might not work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a that was a that was a big problem. And, you know, if it didn't work, the phone call was going to be to me. It wasn't going to be to whoever was handling our bandwidth. Right. Uh, so I had to take the heat for that. And there were a few ca- a few occasions where. Yeah, things didn't go quite so well, or you know, we'd be it'd be time to sell pre-sale concert tickets, and you know, people go crazy for those. And, right, right. And they'll cut your throat if if you get in the way of them getting their front row ticket. And so there was a lot of pressure on some of those times to uh, get it right. But you know, eventually it smoothed out, and we we found a good situation. But yeah, there was there was a few white white knuckle moments for sure. Were you guys how aware were you? I'm sure you might have been very aware because I know you're you're on the internet. But how aware was Prince of uh, from I guess what the fans were saying or experienced using these websites? Was he like looking at feedback at all, or um, you know what I mean? Was he aware that things were working smooth, or if there were any issues, did he have any concerns or anything? I mean, like, did he? Was he reading what people were saying online? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I never sat over his shoulder and watched him, but I could definitely tell by the way he talked about things that he was paying very close attention. So, okay. you know, if anything, 
kind of went wrong or there was a misstep or something like that, I would hear about it. Um, and, you know, that that's cool. It's, it's his it's his name out there. So I completely sure. understand he wants to to be on top of it. So, um, yeah, I definitely feel like he was he had his finger on what was going on all the time. All right. Was uh, and so you mentioned the concert tickets. Uh, what year did the site go live? So the music club launched on Valentine's Day in 2001. 2001. And what what album is out at this time? I, my history is all over the place. So that is about six months before Rainbow Children. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. We actually released the Rainbow Children to the club as That's one of the additions. Right. Well, the audio club shows. I remember that. Yeah. Right. It was part of that. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of like available to all the members first. What was uh, I think you guys did expectation. Yep, did that too. That. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm I'm kind of getting this placed. Um, so that leads into uh, so I'm gonna say this as a fan, the MPG Music Club for me was probably the greatest thing <laughs> that Prince had ever done, and I'll tell you why I say that. One, that whole concert ticket experience and mm-hmm. the sound check thing. Right. Uh, that. Y'all could have charged seven hundred and seventy-seven dollars and seventy-seven cents, <laughs> but I mean mm-hmm. that was worth it into itself. Because I'll tell you, I'll be honest, I didn't sign up at first. Uh-huh. I was like, ah, I'm gonna kind of wait and see what's going on because I don't, right. you know. And then when you when that started part, and I was like, okay, he's about to hit the tour, and you if you sign up, you get the thing. Yeah, I'll sign. Boom, sign mm-hmm. me up for the top of the line. And yeah, like I said, man, that whole getting the tickets early and getting the preferred seating and stuff, brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever came up with that, you know, I tip my hat because <laughs> that was, that, I mean, for for a fan, that was which that's what we wanted, right? It was right. like, no, exactly. So, um, yeah, you know, and I, I think that that's part of. I mean, for me personally, coming from being a fan, I think that that was a role that I was able to play with him, where I could be the advocate. Mm, for the fan you know i could really tell him like look i know this is what people want this like when they when we were talking about building a club and getting assigning members this is the thing that's going to win people over you know it and i think that authenticity you know people could feel it in the club and they could feel that prince was directly connected to this it wasn't like some company just building some site you know i think he really felt that this is something that Prince was really a part of and that, you know, and me being a part of it, I was able to really kind of bring that to his attention. Like, you know, we, we should do this. Like, this is going to be something people are going to love. Yeah. And I think for him personally, having, having his most hardcore fans in the front rows, I mean, that just makes for a better concert experience for him too. Right on. Right on. Yeah. It was, uh, you guys came to Seattle. I was blown away, man. Um, was that at the One Night Alone tour or is it the Musicology tour? That was One Night Alone. Uh, was that yeah. the, was that the Paramount? Got uh, it. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I'm geeking out, but then they uh, they had a special thing for him at the uh, EMP right after that, and he invited oh, all okay. of us to go to that. That was, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so you're doing the concert things. Um, oh, I don't know what I was going to say to you, and I'm just joking with you a little bit, but you must have always had excellent – uh, download speeds at your house or something <laughs> because I'm like my man Sam he like we got the graphics going I'm like okay this website yeah it's gonna take me a second to download this bad boy right, <laughs> right. No, I, I know um, 
you know, and for for everything for everything that we did online, I think there were probably like five ideas that Prince had where I was just like, you know, um, we're just not there yet, because you know, I think I think he had a whole idea for. You know, we we had that sort of model of a house yes. that you walk around, and he he kind of had the idea like, why don't we make it a full on 3D experience? Like yes. you are literally walking around a virtual experience. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe one day, but I think right now, <laughs> that's a little more than we can handle. Yeah, he was ahead of the curve, man. I mean, like, and I get it. Like, uh, I always remember it was cool because you would go into certain rooms and you'd see like he had like a little avatar or something. Mm-hmm. That would be in, and I was that was that to, to say that he was there at that time or something like I was puzzled like was that like a little thing to say Prince is here or something or you know I think we were always just sort of playing around like okay. um, let's just sort of stick Prince in over here let's stick him <laughs> in over here let's where's Walt where's Prince He's right yeah here. exactly just kind of get people talking kind of thing okay um somebody wanted me to ask you about uh, there was like a was that a knowledge room. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're looking right at it. Yeah. Okay. What was like, uh, like who decided what was going into? You know, I guess there were was it different books or different things that were posted in there to read and stuff. Yeah. Was that things that Prince wanted to be in there? I imagine so. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, everything on the site he signed off on, but you know, there were other people involved uh, in that kind of content. Actually, some of the people that are involved in Love for Another. Um, okay. Uh, person named open mind i remember that person yep so she was still involved in things so she would make a lot of those kind of calls um about what would go in those rooms gotcha um i just wanted to ask you about oh so other thing i would uh when i got to meet you and i don't know if you remember oh yeah i remember okay was in so i went to vegas you guys had the uh club rio or we got the rio 3121 fabulous i mean that whole thing was was amazing and i i'll just say this much that was my first time ever in vegas uh i remember walking in there uh i don't know, somehow we saw each other we had not ever met personally but we sort of right. maybe knew who each other was and i saw you something hey man how you doing and i'll just say this uh you showed me the town and I had a blast. Like, Oh, that's good, man. You know, that's great. Awesome. You know, I was like, these guys are, these guys are good. These are good people. Here. <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah, that was incredible, man. How long were you guys uh, out there again? Or how long was Prince out there? Prince was, Prince was there for six months. Okay. Altogether. So, um, I came out the first couple months to, to help, uh, launch the show. And, and I did all the signage and, and promotional stuff and oh. flyers and billboards and, and bus wraps and they had me doing everything nice. down there. Okay. Um, and then I would kind of come back uh, on the weekend sometimes to work with Prince on whatever project we were doing, you know, the planet earth CD or whatever else he had in mind. Yeah. We were doing like some newsletter things. Um, so yeah, I was back there a lot during that time. And it, it was, it was really fun for me, you know, cause Vegas is one of those places where everyone can easily travel to so a lot of the fans right. from all over the place came to there and, and i got to meet a lot of great people and yeah. a lot of people i've known for years a lot of people i was just meeting and it was just really fun to to meet people face to face uh so you mentioned uh planet earth what were some of the uh album covers uh that you worked on yeah so that was really cool um steve park eventually moved on from working with Prince and so 
you know, I got tasked to do a lot of the creative stuff after he left. Um, new photographer came in, Afshin, started doing a lot of his photography, and him and I worked together really closely on a lot of projects. It started with uh, singles, started doing a lot of singles for him, and then okay. some tour books. And then eventually um, I got to work on Musicology. Uh, it was started by this uh, local Minneapolis guy named Jeremy, hmm. Jeremy Gavin. But um, I kind of picked it up and finished it up and then was the one working with the record label to get it produced. So that was the first really big project I got to work on. Let me ask you something about that. and I'm just asking as a fan, but mm-hmm. if you can, what is that Musicology album cover what is that? I, I always try to figure out. I mean, obviously, I see the Prince picture, but what is that behind him? I... That was actually a wall with uh, a bunch of ivy on it outside Paisley Park. Okay. Um, I mean, I know it doesn't really look like it, but I saw a lot of the other photos from that photo shoot, and it's pretty clear if you see some of the other photos. It's it's yeah, it's it's one of the walls that had a lot of ivy on it, and they for some reason thought it would make a good picture. Okay. Um, I always thought the picture was a little strange, you know, because it's got that weird sort of shadow over the bottom half of his face. And I know the record label were kind of looking at me like, um, is that the final picture? I'm like, yep, <laughs> that's the final picture. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what did it have to do with musicology. I was like, am I not picking up on something, in imagery or something? So that's I why I was just a little curious. I know sometimes you want to read into these things. and Exactly. Well, what, what's, he, what's he thinking with that? But. Um, if there was a deeper meaning, I didn't, I didn't get to hear it. Um, he, he, he kept a lot of those things kind of to himself. I mean, sometimes he would share things, but a lot of times, like as far as like meanings behind his songs or anything like that, you know, Oh, for sure. if, if you asked him, he'd kind of roll his eyes like, well, what do you think? What do you think it means? You know, that. (laughs) so (laughs) I I learned to not really bug him too much about like what stuff meant, but, um, yeah, that, that musicology cover was a little strange. Uh, the next record, though, the thirty-one twenty-one record, that's the one that I really, uh, beginning to end, was involved with. Nice, and nice. I'm looking at that one right now. The, the, I always remember seeing that, and I was like, it was, you know, you look at covers, particularly Prince, I'm like, sometimes the covers, okay, this is going to be the one, because it's just like, looking at it, it looked like it's about to be on some classic, I'm not, not to say that it wasn't, I'm just saying like, mm-hmm that was a great cover because it was sort of mysterious to me. Like, right. You know, what is 3121? He's got his back to, you know, it's kind of got the silhouette. And right. I, you know, I was like, okay, this is, so, yeah, I'm just saying you, you did a really great job on this. One. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. Um, we just had that, we just had the 10 year anniversary of that record coming out. So yeah. I put up a post on, on Facebook talking about how, you know, that was really my favorite project to work on as far as his uh, visuals. Uh, graphic stuff was concerned but because you know I, I spent a lot of time on that that album went through a lot of changes and a lot of updates and you know I probably redid that package several times but okay. when I saw that album cover image you know it just locked in like I said that's the one you know it we don't have to be obvious about it like we all know who it is we don't need to put a big prince over it mm-hmm. you know like you said it's mysterious and it, it's it's got that classic vibe and I, I was really a champion for that cover I I was glad when it finally came out because I'm like, okay, you can't change it. <laughs> did, did you design the 3121, sort of the icon, uh, the, the font stuff there on his back? Was that something that, where did that come from? Do you know? Or? Not the one on his back. I, oh. I did the logo that we used everywhere else. But the one on his back, I don't really even know where that came from. You know, he would, uh, 
he was always wearing different clothes, right? I mean, sure. we all know he didn't really wear the same thing twice very often. So these things would just kind of come and go. So I didn't really know where it came from. But, you know, he he was performing that night on the NAACP Music Awards with Sheila E. Oh. And he was wearing that jacket. Mm-hmm. And Afshin was there to shoot the whole thing. And they were just backstage. And I think it was just like, you know, let's get a shot of this jacket. It's pretty cool. So that's when that picture was taken? That's when that picture was taken. Oh, so wow. They were just backstage. And I think it was really just to document the jacket. Like, let's just get a cool shot of the jacket. Interesting. And when I got the pictures, you know, I'm like, that's the one. It's got the, it's got the title right there. It's, it's cool. Like, let's use that. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, the other puzzling thing. Uh, when that album came out, and you can't answer this if you don't know about it, but was there some other piece to this project, like the movie or something? Or yeah, well, I think a lot of people, a lot of people have heard that there was a movie part to this. Um, you know, I wasn't very involved in the movie. Um, I knew about it. I saw pictures from it mm-hmm. and knew what was going on, but. As far as what it was about or what his intentions were, I never really got the full story. Okay. Um, you know, all I know is that at one point I was working on a package that was going to include that. It was actually going to be a package you got that had the DVD on one side and the CD on the other. Wow. And that was going to be your 3121 package. So that's why on the on the disc it actually says the music. Right. So there was going to be another disc that said, like, the movie or the film or something like that. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't but, know that. Uh, but why, why – didn't happen i i don't know i don't have those answers um was this sure. a, a sony release i can't remember who put this one or was this uh this was universal universal okay right sony was planet earth, planet earth. okay um so and pl- musicology so he, t- oh, okay. <laughs> he went back and forth he went musicology universal sony uh talk to musicology you. sony 3121 <laughs> universal and then planet earth sony again <laughs> uh t- take <laughs> us to planet earth man so you you worked on this one as well yeah, so, um, you know, the music club was done at that point, and so I didn't really have a big web project to do. It was kind of a question about what the next step was. We were, we were debating a lot of things, but in the meantime, he was still working on music and still putting things out, so he had this Planet Earth record, and it was actually kind of done in a similar vein as 3121 i don't know if you noticed but like behind him you know there's that image of him standing above the earth but behind him there are these sort of layered 3121 numbers going oh, down i'm looking at them now hmm. yeah so it, you see a lot of 3121s in the background because you know 31 we carried the 3121 branding into vegas and under the perfume and so right. 3121 was kind of everywhere for us at the time so it, it did carry over into the planet earth thing okay. he didn't want to do a lyric book or anything crazy and there was talk of maybe doing an online lyric book but hmm. not a whole lot was happening um and then he released the album through the newspaper overseas and that's right that's right so yeah like it wasn't as big of a push as 3121 was hey sam yeah why the lenticular cd case on on uh, planet earth I think that was the the record label's idea. I think they were looking for something to make it a little more special for people. Um, I, I I created that too, basically just putting together a layered file in Photoshop for them, and then I've seen um, carried through on getting it produced in L.A. 
I've actually got a I've actually got a big version of that lenticular. It's about uh, 18 inches by 18 inches in my office over here. Hmm. Uh, a, a cool souvenir from those days. All right. But yeah, I think I think they were just trying to make something special for the for the CD. Sony was. So going back to the website again, you know, the website is a success. Uh, you guys won the Webby Award, right? Right. I remember right. that was a big deal, uh, and yeah, congratulations to you on that. Thank you. Um, yeah, man, that was that was dope. But then, sort of after this, you know, I'm very curious why did this site shut down? Right. Like, <laughs> I was I puzzled about curious. that. Um, well, you know, at the time when we won the Webby Award, I mean, you know, you know, Prince likes to change things up all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, that's kind of one of his one of his things. <laughs> he changes things, and I think he felt. All right, we won this Webby Award. He he won a Lifetime Achievement Award separately. I think there was a feeling of like, well, you know, maybe maybe we've done this as much as it can be done. Like, we've proven it's something worth doing. We've proven it's a valid business model for artists. Maybe it's run its course. Like, maybe we should try and do something else. Hmm. Um, why don't we why don't we go to the drawing board and try to try to think of a whole new thing to do? Because I think I think that's just his style. I think that's just the way Prince is. Or was I should say? Is uh, he didn't stay with things for too long? Wow. So you know, like I said, there was a lot of discussion about what that next step was going to be. But um, you know, he kind of got sidetracked with Vegas and then London, and it just never wound up uh, wound up happening the way that we were planning. Man, I, I was I was like bummed about it because I was like, yeah, the next tour, and they're going to have that again and uh, bring that back. Yeah. It would have been cool to have something like that in Vegas too, but it just wasn't wasn't meant to be. Now, um, and so you do Planet Earth. Was that the last project uh, that you worked with for Prince? Or? Yeah, that was the last thing I worked. Okay. Um, now, now I'm, I know Prince had another website though after this, uh, I believe. Right. right. So we did we did have thirty one twenty one dot com for a while so we okay. did do that but that was it was really more of just kind of a news site there wasn't really much happening but yeah after i was gone probably about a year after i left he came out with uh lotus flower oh, okay that's right right oh i forgot about that one hey, yeah i think a lot of people forgot about that yeah the videos and all that stuff was on there i, I do remember this yeah so i, w- I was not involved in that in okay. fact I didn't, I didn't hear from anybody who worked on it either uh, i kind of thought maybe they'd reach out but say hey do you have this or that or what was your experience but no i didn't hear from anybody so hmm. all right you know I, he did his own thing how many years did you work with prince then all together from love for one another till the end it was uh nine years wow yeah it was a long time yeah, that's a long time i mean that's a hell of a thing to have on your resume to be like yeah, I worked with Prince. I did this. Oh, you're hired. What would you like? <laughs> Come on in. Right. Um, now, where are you currently now working? If you don't mind saying. Yeah. So after um, after I was done with Prince, I, you know, through some of my connections, I got a job working for Pearl Jam over here in Seattle. Ah. So very different, uh, very different experience with that. But um, nice. Yeah, you know, that's that's what brought me here to, to Seattle. So okay, it was to work with them. I'd actually never been here before. I did the job interview, so this was like 2008. I and my first time coming here and just meeting with Pearl Jam and 
they said, yeah, they wanted me to basically update their site, get them kind of up to speed. You know, I don't know if you guys know the Pearl Jam guys very well, but they're very sort of, um, uh, you know, it's like some of these typewriters and stuff. I mean, they're not the most like savvy. <laughs> oh, come on. Hey, Pearl Jam, hometown yeah. pride here, sir. <laughs> no, no offense. No offense. God bless. But, in the oh building. Wow. <laughs> I met saying. them a long time ago. Like when I first started. No, they're they're great guys, and yeah. they, and they have a fantastic staff here in Seattle that takes care of them. Um, they have a really good model for how bands should run their business. Uh, I was definitely impressed by them. But you know, as far as like Twitter and stuff like that, they really they really weren't interested. So my job was to come on and you know make make the case for those things, and also to kind of get them rolling and say you know th- these are the ways that we can use it that I think you're cool with. Okay. So. I did that, and then when the when the record came out, uh, the Backspacer record, uh, they were kind of downsized again. They were kind of chilling out for a while. So, you know, I moved on from them after about a year and a half. And once I was here uh, in Seattle, the, an opportunity came up to work at Microsoft. Huh. Uh, I guess that's what you do when you come to Seattle. <laughs> come <laughs> Either Microsoft, Microsoft, Amazon. Yep, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just what you do. Uh, so you know. Initially, I was like, well, that's that's something completely different. Um, but I kind of thought, well, I've been doing a very specific kind of experience for about 12 years. Mm-hmm. It'd be, it might be interesting to try something different. So I got a job in Microsoft in the office group, and I've been learning a lot about software design and app design and okay. um, just about the tech world. It's been really interesting. It's been a very different experience, but really interesting too. Nice. I, I saw on your Twitter – uh, I don't know if these are. I don't know if uh, Microsoft did these apps or not, but I saw that you did sort of like a redesign of these Star Wars. Apps oh, no, that was on... just me. Oh, okay. Was just me. <laughs> it was actually, I was like, that's pretty dope. I was like, damn, I want, oh, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just me trying to, you know, just exercise some design muscles. I see why you are in the business that you are in. You're obviously super talented. Thank you, uh, man. Your stuff is like I said. I remember I saw you years ago when you was doing the Chicago stuff, and like again, I've seen kind of been watching you from afar. And I, like I said, I was looking over your stuff recently. I'm like, wow, this guy, man, he's a designer, man. He's, he's really good. So you have some yeah, really you. good stuff, man. I appreciate that. Um, gosh, uh, bringing us to today. Uh, where were you at, man, when you heard the news? You know, I was, uh, I was actually on my way to work, you know, cause, um, it was, it was in the morning, early morning for us here. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I, my phone just started blowing up. I'm sure it probably happened to you guys too, where it was like, people were just calling me and texting me like, have you heard? Is it true? Do you know anything? I mean, I think people thought cause I used to work for them, maybe I had, maybe I had some inside knowledge or something, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, I was just learning it the same way everyone else did. And, uh, I was just like, no, this can't be true. Like they're just playing. Like this is just some scare, you know, cause you just had that airplane thing a week before that. Right. Like this is just, this is something, this isn't real. So I, I went to my desk and I sat down and, you know, I hit Facebook and I was looking for anything I could. And when they were starting to say it was real, I'm like, oh, I just, I just got to get out of here. I, I went straight home. Mm. And I just plugged into Facebook for the next 18 hours, just yeah. you know, just trying to you know first get a handle on if it was real, and then when it was, just kind of 
just kind of deal with the the shock like everybody else and just you know there was just this amazing outpouring of of people sharing their their love for this man and his music and you know i heard from so many people over the past weekend just reaching out and saying hey we haven't talked in forever but right. you know i wanted to, i wanted to reach out and you know he meant a lot to me i know he meant a lot to you like and just sharing what we were all going through i th- you know i think that's been one upside at least to this terrible experience is that it's brought a lot of a lot of the community together mm-hmm. and uh the outpouring of love has just been incredible yeah that uh that is one of the upsides is because uh, I've heard from more people than I've ever heard from anything. Like uh, it's one interesting, I, I was at work the other day and a guy came in who I met almost a year ago uh, who actually, he said he got a start. He was a roadie at the Purple Rain mm-hmm. uh, show in Tacoma uh, back in 84. That's how he started uh, concert business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he just walked up to me and just hugged me. He was like, dude, I ain't seen you in a year and I don't hardly know you, but I already know. He's like, I already know, man. Right. And I was like, yeah, this is, this, it is crazy, but yeah, yeah it's okay. still, ah, it's hard to, uh, fathom, uh, even, you know, it's almost a week, but yeah, you know, like I said, I, I think, I think you get a sense of this, even just watching him and, and seeing him live, but you know, to be around him in person too, you know, he just had that energy, like he was going to be around forever. I mean, I totally pictured him 80 years old, playing guitar, still <laughs> bitching about the music industry, you know, like <laughs> right, right. he was just that cat. Like he was just from another planet, like regular rules didn't apply to him. Wow. And, uh, that's why it was such a shock. It's like, no, nah, not that guy. No way. Not him. Right. I figured we'd be gone first. Totally. You know, totally. He was still going to be around and still, yeah. still jamming, you know? And I think too, I know it's true for me and I'm sure it's true for you too, where like a lot of your, a lot of your identity is bound up in being like that Prince guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you got all kinds of people, you know, family members and people from school who just remember like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You were that big Prince Mm -hmm. fan. Like Mm -hmm. this must be hitting you really hard. I'm really sorry, man. You know? Um, yeah. Just getting a, a sort of a nonstop train of people wishing you, wishing you well and wishing you the best. Which which says a lot about Prince's music and what he meant to everybody else too, right? I mean, the fact that they know you cared so much about it, so they care about you, and it was right. just an opportunity to say, "Man, maybe and talk to you in years." But I remember I had a lot right. of people like you, you used to play that stuff all the time, and you put me up on it, man. So I, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, it's uh, it's an <laughs> interesting time. Uh, man, I want to thank you for coming on, Sam. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, yeah, to, yeah, to talk absolutely. to you, man, and I really appreciate you sharing your stories. Um, I always was like, he got to do it. You know, he's the <laughs> guy from the community who really, you know, got to get in there and, and do some good stuff. And man, you can always have that, man. That you know, you MPG Music Club. I, I got uh, a T-shirt. Uh, I got when I was up in Paisley Park. They still had some of the T-shirts. I went and got one of those. I was like, Oh, cool. I was cool. like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's Sam's work, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. I know, especially now, I'm, I'm really grateful for the time that I had and really grateful for the, the things that I got to accomplish. Um, you know, I'm really, really proud of it. And I've, I've been out of the Prince Loop for a while now, but um, just getting back into it this past few days has been really, really cool. Right on, man.
Well, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you this, Sam. <laughs> yep. According to your uh, website, mm-hmm. you're quite the movie uh, trivia buff. Mm. Well, <laughs> that's true. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, in our podcast, Juice Universe, we have a little thing called Geeked Out. Oh, yeah? Yes, so we talk about uh, sci-fi and other, other genres. What's your, uh, your preferred genre of uh, film? Well, I do like sci-fi. That I would say that is definitely at the top of the list. Um, oh, is that right? We're going to start up a whole another hour conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we could. We could. Well, let me ask you this. You got, uh-huh. This is the biggie. All right. Uh, don't, let, don't let Mike or myself sway you in one way or the other. All right. You have one universe, Star Trek or Star Wars. Oh, boy. Oh, man, you know I'm always going to pick Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's right. Force is strong with this one. That's right. No, I was, I was with my uh, daughter. We were at the EMP. You know, they had that uh, sci-fi section. Yes. yes. And she asked me, like, oh, you know, which is better, Star Wars or Star Trek? And I, I told her, I'm like, always Star Wars. Always. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I have you here. What, what did you think of uh, Force Awakens? You know, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I know a lot of people kind of gave it uh, some crap for being too much like A New Hope, but I, I had a good time. I had fun. I, I thought it was a really well-done movie. Um, it kept me engaged. You know, I, I could kind of skip over the similarities and all that and, and just kind of enjoy it for what it was. And You know, there were some plot holes. I was like, what, really? But like I said, I, oh, bottom line is I had a good time, and that's all I, re- all I was really looking for. Okay, one more sci-fi slash geek-related film right. question. Batman vs. Superman. Uh, did you see it, and what did you think? I saw it, and... Don't make me edit you out of the show now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Man, I, I had to go see it, of course. I wasn't not going to go see it, but I don't know, man. I think Zack Snyder is not the guy uh, to be handling this stuff. Uh, I just okay, you've been redeemed. Uh, I, I think he's. I think Zack Snyder is a great visual director, but I think his storytelling is just terrible. And there were just a lot of things where I was like, "What? Why did that happen? I don't. I don't get it." I'm. I'm looking forward to Ben Affleck doing Batman on his own, yeah, away from Zack Snyder and seeing what that turns out to be. Well, you I, I, see, I, you touched on something. Now, I I like the movie, but I am fully acknowledged the problems. I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying it was perfect or anything, but I I was such a big fan of the look of it. Like yeah. to me, Zack Snyder, man, like and, and and they did the same thing with Man of Steel. The detail mm-hmm. and the look of it mm-hmm. is phenomenal, man. I like you look at Batman and look how he looks, man. Like look at the costume. You know, look at the Batmobile and just oh yeah, it, it was amazing. I, I I so I'm a fan of that. I understand the problems with the plot and everything, but I even about to go buy the art book because I've looked through that many times. I'm just like uh-huh. God, they put so much detail that you really don't even can hardly even see in the movie because it goes so mm-hmm. fast. But I just think visually it's amazing. But yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with you there, but. Again, like I said, I, I I think that that his that is Zack Snyder's strong suit, and it it's interesting that his background is in commercials and music videos, because I think that style is perfectly suited for commercials and music videos. But when it comes to actual narrative, it it just doesn't hold together. So, you know, I mean, look at look at Sucker Punch, for example. Oh, that was horrible. That was horrible. Yeah, I mean, well, that was what was that even about? But visually, like amazing. You know, you, you could take stills out of that and right. say, wow, that looks awesome. But as a movie, you're just like, whoa. 
Well, I'm waiting for the three-hour <laughs> version. I, I, yeah. I will be watching that too. I mean, maybe uh, that'll I fill I in. Help you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that'll help fill in some of the holes. I, I hope so. Yeah. All right, man. Well, cool. I'm glad we got to throw that in there at the end. Um, where can people find you online, Sam? I am always at samjennings.com and always on Facebook. So um, people can easily find me there. I'm pretty approachable. So, All right. Big, sexy, and sack, sir. Where can they find you? Oh, you know, for, for now, I can still be found on Facebook under Mark Wiggins and, Big, and Twitter under Big, Sexy, and Sack. And I'm glad that Q and Ant and Sean aren't here to hear this because I know they're going to rip me. But when I come back from L.A., the end of May, we finally, yes, go full steam ahead on the website. Oh, all right. That took you a couple. That was a couple years in the making. Hey, <laughs> hey! I got caught in trial. I, you know, <laughs> things happen. <laughs> you right know, on. It's okay. <laughs> all right, and of course, you can find us at podcastjuice.net. Uh, on Facebook, Podcast Juice, and Twitter, at Podcast Juice. And you can find me directly on Twitter, at M. Dean, and, of course, Michael Dean on uh, Facebook. Uh, with that said, again, thank you, Sean, for coming on. Uh, Prince fans out there, hold your head up. Uh, we're going to get through this. We're getting through this. But we will continue, as we did as Prince was alive, to celebrate his music and the legacy. That ain't going to never stop until next time. Work it like a job. I'll see you next time. Peace.